0: Welcome, all of you strangers on the internet. Welcome to a fanciful new episode of Now That's What I Call a Video Games Podcast. Today's episode, Now That's What I Call Blind Faith. Today, we discuss the business of making games available on early access. When has it worked? When has it failed? And how can we crowdsource our opinions? Today, I am joined with uh, a one beautiful, tall, excellent man, Drew hello wow this is hello sorry i felt like <laughs> introing other people it's okay I'm it's, zach. See, like, it, it, feels, it feels like
1: you should it feels like you should um but well, your, keep going keep what's going your name? what's your name dude
0: i my name is zach i just said it
1: and what's your favorite holiday What's your favorite holiday?
0: oh my favorite right <laughs> i forgot um <laughs> wow we've only been doing this 21
2: episodes and we can't remember the format <laughs> we're
0: mixing
2: it up i
0: got tripped up because i read the intro uh, my favorite holiday, it's gotta be, hmm, I'll go with, you know what, I'll save that one for someone else, I will take, fucking say something, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, the, um, the
1: anticipation is k- k- killing me,
0: you know what, St. Paddy's Day, St. Paddy's Day, oh thank oh, all, god, Wait, are you, are you
1: at all Irish? Yes. Okay, well, okay, fine, fine.
2: I am part How Irish. How much Irish? Uh, about a quarter. Uh, all right right.
1: well well my name my name is andrew facciano and for all of you who couldn't guess my favorite holiday is halloween the color scheme is great the costumes are lovely and candy is the most beautiful thing in the world also dark spooky stories it works for me on many levels
0: yeah i i originally was gonna say halloween but i i wanted to give that one to drew man everybody goes with halloween for their favorite because it's the raddest holiday ever The raddest? The
1: raddest.
2: No, man, I think you forget St. Skater's Day or something. I don't know. There's probably a skater-related holiday somewhere out there. Is that your
1: favorite holiday? Uh,
2: Hi, my name is Adam, uh, and my favorite holiday is... I'm gonna go ahead and say Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving a lot. Huh. Not only do you get like all your family together, you get to eat a bunch of good food. You know, drink a bunch of nice stuff. It's also right next to my birthday, so it's also
1: yeah. Oh. Nice. So you have a, like a two holidays feast. at the price of one. You have a birthday feast for yourself
2: kind of i know that might make me sound like sound terrible because it's like oh he only likes thanksgiving because it's around his birthday. i was like no i i generally like thanksgiving it's like in fall which is nice there's a bunch of turkey and good food which is nice just because there's also a birthday
0: cake it's like oh the best i
1: mean i would i completely understand that your thanksgiving is like your your thanksgiving is souped up it's it's in its hyper mode like it happens and it's extra special just for you for your life only not for me and zach for us it's just a crappy old thanksgiving (laughs)
2: My Thanksgiving just activated its level three super, and is now walking around as a birthday. Ah, uh,
1: it's Marvel versus Capcom. I love that game. How are you folks doing this In- week? What are you doing? How's your life's been,
0: Zach? What? How was your week, Mayan? Oh, right. I go first. Uh, this week has been pretty good. I have been playing some games. Uh, oh, right. I didn't get to say it because we had to cancel them. But uh, I played through and beat Oxenfree. Mm-hmm ah congratulations how'd yes. you like it i liked it a lot can you give
2: actually. me like a can you give me a quick rundown like what is oxen free i remember right. seeing it like on psn at
0: one point but i never remember what it is okay so oxen free is a game in which you are playing a teenager named alex uh who is bringing your new stepbrother to an island with oh god i forget his name uh with your with like your character's like best buddy and so the three of you are going to this like island party uh, and to spoil, like, the very beginning of it, you show up and there's, like, only two other people there, and there's lots of Whoa, teen... Whoa, spoilers! I know. And, and there's lots of teen drama and spooky supernatural shit. And, ah. yeah. So, but but probably one of the coolest mechanics of the game, and the reason why I like it a lot, is, uh, they have this sort of interesting dialogue system. hmm Um, where if someone will be talking to you, and while they're talking to you, they give you the responses that you mm-hmm. can make back towards them and you just sort of you know you scroll over and you make the selection and when you make the selection either your character waits for them to finish and then talks or they'll interrupt that person just cut off whatever they're saying to say what you wanted to say Mm. um now does that change on like when you click
2: it like can you be like oh i want to interrupt this person or i'm gonna wait for him to finish
0: yeah i wish there was a better way of figuring that out because they don't label it because sometimes you click it and they'll wait until the thing is done and then say something. And then other times they'll click it and you'll, you'll click the dialogue option and they'll just immediately just cut them off and go.
2: Oh, that's kind of weird. I, I mean, yeah. that's cool that there's like these cool like dialogue interactions, but it's weird that they aren't labeled at all.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it is a little weird. Um, the other thing is that it slowly starts to fade away and you get like something of like four or five seconds to choose a dialogue option uh and if you don't your character just doesn't say anything it just doesn't respond to what to whatever that person said oh okay and i got to say like that it is a very it's a really really good dialogue system
3: mm-hmm. it
0: is a dialogue system i would love to see implemented in more games mm-hmm. because i think it it pretty solidly captured like a natural flow of conversation between you and an npc
1: yeah it it makes small talk something that feels natural as a mechanic which i didn't expect when i was going to play it like i knew the supernatural stuff was there that's what brought me to the game but the actual like i didn't expect to care about any of these characters on the island and i ended up like feeling really attached to like them and their backstories and a lot of that is tied to just you know having these like crazy nice ways of like just kind of subtly interacting. You know, not like, oh, this is gonna Ooh. be like the big difference between how many friend points I get or not. Like there's just tiny things happening yeah. all the time.
0: I forget. Like I forget the name of the best friend, but there were multiple points in that game. I was just like, God damn it, you fucking idiot. See, he he now, grew endearing this game to kind me. Of...
1: He he flipped between <laughs> being like, Oh man, I really fucking hate you to like, oh, you know what, this guy this guy's just trying his best. I know, like <laughs> like especially
2: so y- so he's the persona best friend and he's like all right i'm either gonna like you or hate you
0: i
1: also bit, really like yeah. the radio um, of that game they, they have you pull out this radio and yeah. you can walk around with it and flip through channels and depending on where you are like the signal will be stronger or weaker and it's a really nice extra touch they have i hmm. i really like oxen tree i'm really happy zach got to play it because yeah no. now more people have played games i have played which is super can rare. i ask
2: uh I don't know if either of you guys played this, uh, and I haven't played either Oxenfree or uh, there's this other game called Night in the Woods, but they both kind of sound kind of similar of, like, very dialogue-heavy kind of character interaction, and then there's this, like, supernatural element just kind of sitting there. Did either of you play that one?
1: Uh, I I did not. I have friends who did. It's in my list. It looks really cool. Uh, okay. I know I've mentioned it. I know I want to play it. I just, I picked up Hollow Knight instead, and... So that's the game I'm currently working through, and it's much longer than I thought it was. So yeah. someday I'll play yeah. it. Someday I'll tell you all about that story of the I. Cat I person. also,
0: yeah, I think I'm gonna try playing that game as well. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, was this one of the games you picked up on Steam or? Yeah, Oxenfree is actually one of the games. Oh no, I take that back. Um, I got that as a gift from a friend. Oh, nice. Um, like a while ago. Uh, I think. Oh, I might have also bought it in the summer sale. Fuck, I don't fucking remember.
1: The important thing is yeah. you're playing it now and The
0: important thing is I played it, yeah um, But yeah, it, it, it was really good um, And I, the other thing for this week Just in terms of games Is I went out and bought A bunch of these spellbook cards For Dungeons & Dragons Ooh. Um, yeah, and if you don't know what those are uh, Dungeons & Dragons has a number of classes And then a number of uh, those classes have spells uh, In fact, almost Like most of them do um, And so what I did is I bought the spellbook back spell book cards and that does what you might expect is that eat, you, you get a bunch of cards and each one of the cards tells you like gives you all of the statistics you need for that spell and i'm hoping it makes for a really fun DD experience it helps like wizard players and like warlocks and people remember what things they can do and like what's available to them um, yeah in addition to that i also bought a pack of condition cards which is these these cards with like cool art and a label on one side and then the other side is that it's a condition in Dungeons and & Dragons, and it writes out the full definition of that condition. So that way, if somebody's like, oh, you're paralyzed, here, let me pull out the fucking card, you get to hold on to this card, that's that's the condition you're under.
2: Hmm. Um, that's pretty
0: neat.
2: Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of like extra materials for D&D sessions.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of like little extra materials, hopefully it'll help smooth things along. Hmm. Um,
2: yeah, I'll say the few times I've played D&D, one of the more kind of challenging thing was just like like kind of like i'm gonna do this thing all right what exactly did this do again
0: yeah so. exactly that that was always one of the the more confusing parts i I have always run into that problem with players and i'm like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna invest the 100 fucking dollars it takes to get to, to jesus. Fully invest in these things hmm.
1: jesus well let me know how that goes i will unfortunately not I be will. able to join you but sometime i will
0: yeah uh, yeah
2: all right, Zach, who will you pass the ball to? Um, I'm
0: going to pass the ball
1: to you, Adam. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, jeez. Oh,
2: gosh. I wasn't prepared. Uh, okay, so let's see. What have I done? Uh, I play... Let's see. If I, in terms of games, uh, I played a bit more Persona 5. Uh, I just... <gasps> yeah. I'm still taking it slow just because I've been busy with other stuff. Uh, I just... Uh, I beat the second dungeon way quicker than I thought I would. That second... Like so it, it it goes from like the hey you have x me- you have like so many days left over i beat it in like the first day i got to the halfway point where i was forced to leave then yeah. the next day i cleared it all the way up to the boss that i took a day off to do shenanigans took it d- and then took a day off to build lockpicks and then just kind of beat the dungeon so it's like wow that went really fast that went way better than the first dungeon did um yeah, so but it it's still fun. Uh, I really I'm still enjoying everything. Uh, there's one thing I kind of wish Persona Five had that I hope they add like into future games. So Zach, you probably didn't run into this problem because you kind of played it from like. You, it sounds like you kind of sat down and just blitzed through it as much as possible. Yep, I did. Whereas I'm kind of taking it slow, and the one problem with taking it slow is that if I have like a certain amount of time between play sessions. When I sit down, I kinda of forget what I've done on previous days. So one thing I kinda of wish Persona Five or had or I hope they put in future games is like you already have this like in universe diary your character's keeping. I yeah. kinda of wish it would tell you like what you did on previous days. So I could be so I could like open it up and be like, Okay, I haven't played in a couple weeks. What did I do in the previous in-game day? Oh yeah. That previous in-game day I Built a bunch of lockpicks and hung out with Ryuji. Oh man, absolutely. okay, I can that go do something like, else. That
1: sounds like Sonic Adventure's <laughs> fabled system where you would pop your game back open and it would tell you what you were doing last with a rad, uh, narrated voice from your character. So,
2: well, you know what? Uh, Pokemon uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green actually had a system like Seriously?
0: that. Really? Like
2: that's rad. Yeah, like. Y- it it wasn't narrated, but what would happen is you'd be playing it, uh, and then you turn the game off, when you turn it back on next time, it would say, okay, here are the major events, like, you caught this Pokemon, you gained access to this area, you like, met, you had these XYZ story events happen, and it was just like a oh, okay, that's what I did, and then what was really cool is it kind of did like a flip through journal pages thing, and then on the last one, it would flip to the blank page and then like all the color would seep in and you're back in the game. It was like, wow, that's cool. So I kind of wish Persona had that just so I could remember what I was doing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a really cool feature. I do know that you can... Uh, they save a number of the like, cut scenes. Mm-hmm. So you can get the, sort of like the previous highlights of like... Uh, uh, usually when it, it cuts back to... Like, the, the, like most of the game is a flashback sequence, so um, when it cuts back to the, the current time and most of the interactions you have with the investigator, um, I know it'll sort of cut to those and sort of show those things. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah no, so... it, would be, it would be super super cool. Like, even I ran into the issue where uh, I would like get back into the game and be like alright, what did I do the last couple of days? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other game I've been
2: playing a lot of time putting a lot of time into is, uh I've actually been playing a lot of a lot more Pokemon Go
1: than I thought I would. Oh, because they had that update, uh,
2: right? Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this in the previous one, but didn't really explain what I meant. So, like, uh, they recently had an update, and it's actually Pokemon Go's been out for a year. I, I couldn't couldn't believe that. Oh,
3: wow! Um,
2: Happy anniversary! So, the yeah. So they revamped how the gyms work. It was a very half-hearted uh, which...
1: anniversary. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, okay. Tangent. So they had, a, they had an anniversary event and all it was is, look guys, you can catch Pikachus that have Ash's hat on it. Plus, there's a special item in the store that you can pay us money for.
1: Oh, it's like, microtransactions, okay. hooray. It's like,
2: okay, what's the special item? Oh, it's a box full of goodies. And you're like, okay, this has got to have a lot of good value. Nah, it maybe saves you like too hot like two bucks if you had just bought everything individually uh, like, like my, my, my feelings uh... with pokemon
1: go is that on the one hand it's this super cool amazing idea that is really well implemented and mm-hmm. like, works for so many different people and it is, like, hopefully going to be replicated by other companies. On the well, other hand, it seems like they mm. do as much bullshit to their customers as is possible. Like, I keep hearing all these stories about, like, consumable items and, like, money spent on yeah. practically nothing. And it's it's frustrating to hear about it. Like, ugh.
2: It, that's exactly it. Like, Pokemon Go is such a cool idea. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot to, like, you know... Because they want to use, like, geolocation and stuff, it's very hard to actually figure out, like, okay, I want to catch these Pokemon. Well, unfortunately, they don't spawn in your area, and there aren't... The game doesn't do very much in the way of, like, hey, this is a Pokemon that you that you can get outside of your normal area. They have it with eggs, but even that's random chance. Like, everything's
0: random chance mm. in this game, which is kind of annoying. Mm. Uh, yeah. But... I think, I think if they gave you, like, some level of indication about, like, where certain Pokemon are going to spawn, I think that would make the game a lot more... Well, they, they do, but
2: only for, like, a local area. Like, a couple, like, hundred feet around you kind of thing. Yeah, but,
0: like, that's what I'm saying. is that, Like, if, if they could, like, put on the map, like, if the map had these sort of, like, lines or sort of, like, drawn out uh, areas mm-hmm. on it that said, like, oh, yeah, this is a water-type area, so you're going to find water-type Pokemon around here.
2: Well, they do tell you where people, where you caught, so if you catch, like, a Squirtle... In, like, Sunnyvale or something, right? It yeah. does tell you on that Squirtle, hey, I caught this in Sunnyvale. And if you could trade Pokemon, you could trade that to somebody, and then they would know where it is. But trading in person and, like, PvP battling
1: still isn't in. That's such a weird yeah. thing to omit. But what is in... Wait, it is in? Yeah. I just said it
2: wasn't. No, it. I said it, it. it is a weird thing to omit that's still not in. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is, however, in the game now are... They redid the gyms, which is... Uh, now, when you put a Pokemon up, it has like a meter. It used to be like you could just stack a gym with ten really like unbeatable Pokemon. So if you were to come by, you would basically just hammer away at this and make no progress because mm. it only ticks down if you beat them. Now they changed it so you can put six Pokemon up. There's a meter, and anytime that Pokemon fights, their motivation goes down, like their their stamina. Oh. Uh, so you could, in theory, go walk over. And just keep whaling on a gym, and you will still make progress, mm. which is a really good thing because that's the one that's my biggest gripe with Pokemon Go is you can play that for like a while and make no progress. Huh. Uh, and they also added raids, which are just like, "Hey, here's a really strong Pokemon, go fight it!" And it's like, "Wow, okay."
1: Hmm. I mean, that's cool, that's nice. I would, I think, trading. <laughs> Like I, I'm wondering why they don't have trading like that. Like, is it like an it, economy thing? Like, do they not want people interacting on that level? Are they worried about like? No, strangers? I feel like
2: it's got to be like a maybe it's a maybe it's like a social safety thing. Like, we don't really want people like coming like approaching other people and be like, hey, let's trade. If it's because well, well, there's that, like that weird I mean. like there are just a bunch of strangers walking up. Yeah, like, and when, I agree with when that maybe something
1: started. I think there was this issue of like people hanging around popular pokemon go stops and like maybe not harassing but like freaking people out a bit and i guess that was a fear. so maybe it's like we don't want trading because then that's encouraging someone to find a stranger with the thing they want and okay now that i've thought about it and said it out loud i'm still mad that trading isn't implemented but like i can i I personally
2: think it must be yeah i think it must be like some kind of networking thing because that game always has networking issues mm. that's but uh zach do you want to say thurman or i
1: just (sighs) what is it zach
0: yeah uh
2: to not go too much
0: oh i just Uh... i wanted trading and i wanted battling they ain't got those yeah but you got the uh, you got pokemon sun and moon yeah i did and i beat it and i'm happy with that
2: (laughs) but not to go too much longer pokemon go it's still fun it's still the fun to like get a a group of friends together and walk around because you know, then it's like, hey, I'm hanging with my buddies, and we're working towards something. This is kind of fun. Uh, it can just be a pain in the ass if you're a solo player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, lastly, I watched a bunch of movies, and I will give you a quick rundown. Life. Did you do? You guys know what that is? That's that weird alien-like movie. Uh, with Brian Reynolds, d- eh. maybe. Mm. Eh. Yeah, that's a that's a basic summary of the movie, Zach. It's very eh. First half hour actually tense and scary. Rest of the movie is dumb and predictable. Huh. Uh S- Spider-Man: Homecoming Ooh. really fun. If you like Spider-Man, you're gonna like this. It's a lot more humorous and and cool. I I find like he that is Spider-Man. Uh, and it was just really cool to see that character redone in the new Marvel universe. I hear
1: he's actually like in high school now and not like just a like off in college. Toby yeah, Tobey Maguire man, and I love Tobey Maguire. but, yeah, it- you know like. Mm. age difference it, it works
2: really well it works really well in the high school setting mm. uh and the villain's actually really cool nice. uh, and he's usually not to my knowledge he's always kind of like eh but he's pretty cool in this and one, one and hackers? then the last movie i saw the last movie i saw last night with you guys was yeah. the movie hackers yeah. oh yeah hackers and i want to take ever. <laughs> i want to take a second to talk about hackers because <laughs> That movie is so 90s and hurt. I Oh my
3: god.
1: My my takeaway that... is I went in thinking I would love it ironically and I I love it. I love it purely. I like I I honestly think it's a fun, wonderful movie. I'm so happy to have seen it. It, it was I crazy. Remember what I said? It was like
2: like we all thought it was like oh, this is going to be something stupid haha to laugh at, but it was like nah, this is actually pretty, pretty. like it's still stupid, but it's still like Nah, this is pretty good. Like, the, the, the,
1: the one soundtrack have... is rad, and and there is a scene where a man skateboards via limo and grabs a floppy disk from a hacker and disappears into the night into a cloud of smoke. That shit yeah. isn't made in modern cinema anymore. That is, that is a 90s relic, and I, I am happy to have witnessed it.
2: They're too scurred. They're too scurred to make that kind of movie.
1: I just... Listen, well, man, what was the, the problem? Fact...
0: Okay, so I like we had a bunch of people in the room with us. So we figured out what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. I like if you were watching we that the movie on your own, it'd be really hard to figure out what the fucks going on.
1: Uh, I mean the plot like, yeah, uh... there it was mostly an excuse for young kids to stick it to the man. Like young
0: kids who looked 30.
1: Uh, young 90s kids, which are just 30-year-olds. You know
2: what? I will say this, Zach. You know what the point in the movie that like completely sold me on it? Because at first I was like, "No, nah, I'm not into this." It's when the guy freak says, "Like, hey, man, it's me, the Phantom Freak," and I just look oh, over right. at Zach like, "Oh,
0: this movie's gonna be like the Phantom Thieves. It's basically Persona 5 And to be honest, it sort of like delivered on that promise. If the hacking's like the palace and they're stealing the co- the
2: garbage pile, yeah, exactly, file, like, oh. exactly.
0: Like, oh, this is too good. Yeah, no, it it like reached around and it was just like, Oh, oh god damn it, I had brought up that, that comparison to Persona Five, and all I could think is like, Oh, it's like Persona Five. Mm-hmm. Um It was it was an interesting movie to watch. Uh, I don't it know was, who the main character was, but the lead female uh, I, is Angelina I, Jolie and
1: You mean Acid yeah. Burn and Crash Override? Crash Override. Best hacker names oh. ever. My my screen oh, okay, handles need to okay. change. Oh man. I need to update bonus my scene. fun fact. Yes.
2: What is your hacker handle now? Mine, apparently, because I spilled some coke, is coke pants. Oh, yeah,
1: you are coke, coke pants, pants for real. You are coke pants for sure.
2: Uh-huh. All right. Drew, Zach, what are, What are your hacker handles? Uh, I, need, um, I need to
1: put some thought into this. This is going to be tough. I want it to have elite speak, but I also don't want it to have elite speak.
2: All right. I got this. What do you got? And it can't be Zach God,
0: attack. This is hard. <laughs> Fucking... Was it Zach? Attack? You think? You think? You think I'd go? I would go with that. You think I would go with that? Shit? Th- that's what we think. Yes. Because you're there not you. telling
1: us. You're being. You're hesitating, Zach. We need to know, and we need to know now.
0: No, I need to figure it out. Give me a moment.
1: Okay. You know what? While you think it, you know, figure it out. Perhaps as a pour out. Um, we do need to start talking about early access at some point today. Um oh so but drew your week <laughs> my week uh i will be quick my week was good i played a lot of hollow nights uh i love hollow Knight. everyone should play hollow Knight. you can be a bug you can save caterpillars it's the best um i got an inhaler and now i can breathe again after a long period of basically being a walking corpse and it feels great and i'm really happy nice and i'm gonna go breathing is pretty
2: good it's one yeah. of my favorite uh, One of my favorite pastimes.
1: I'm, uh, I'm going to go to Tahoe next week, which is why we are recording today instead of tomorrow, but you don't know that, listener. And, and, uh. video uh. games are really cool, uh. and we should talk about early access video games. We should do that. Whoa!
0: Oh. I want to play a game before it's even done.
1: I want to pay for a game.
0: I want to play a game before it's even concepted.
1: <sighs> yes. So, um... May, may I, for the, sake of, for the sake of starting us off, may I read for you all the Wikipedia explanation of what Early Access is?
2: Please, Wikipedia has never lied to me before. So, uh, I don't expect it to start lying now. According
1: to Wikipedia, Early Access, Early Funding, or Paid Alpha, is a funding model in the video game industry by which consumers can pay for a game in the early stages of development and obtain access to the unfinished game. So that, you know, seems pretty fair so far.
2: I've, you know, I've never heard it is called paid alpha. Uh, neither have I, I have...
1: but perhaps it's a regional thing. Um, Maybe. It goes on to say that, let's see here, those that pay to participate typically help to debug game, provide feedback and suggestions, and may have access to special material in the game. The early access approach is a common way to obtain funding for the indie games, and may also be used along with other funding meca- mechanisms, uh, including crowdfunding. Uh, Wikipedia has like 12 more pages, ooh, ooh. but yeah. that's the general, that's the general, unopinionated, unbiased, uncut version of what we are talking about today. Um, me personally, my exposure to early access is a little mixed. Uh, I've played. I think like one or two games that have gone through the early access model um Mm -hmm. i believe it was don't starve uh which i quite like and the more i read about how early access was used in that game the more i'm happy with it uh i was again i played a lot of early mods and so for me kind of seeing games grow over time and providing feedback and seeing how the community affects a game's development uh while it was unofficially not part of you know an actual early access model i feel like that kind of that's kind of what is expected of early access games and in general i'm very wary of them because the idea of paying for something and then being the one who's going to be doing the debugging feels a little weird and wrong for me like i feel like i feel untrustworthy i feel like that's something that hasn't earned my trust quite yet Mm -hmm. yeah so adam Adam, your experience with Early Access is apparently a bit more uh, open than mine. You've got a bit more of a breadth yeah, of experience. Yeah, uh,
2: let's see. So I've, I've played a couple Early Access games. Uh, one game in particular that I've been really happy with that went through the Early Access period is it's uh, kind of just like a basis for where I'm coming from on Early Access is uh, Darkest Dungeon. That was a Kickstarter game that I helped uh, kickstart, and then that went through the Early Access process. Uh, and I've been very happy with how that one is. Uh, and in general, I, I think on a, in a very general sense, I do actually like the early access idea. I like the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, as with many things, it's very hit or miss on whether it's used well, and we'll go into more specific kind of talking points and examples of when it works well and when it doesn't.
0: But generally on the whole overall, I'm pretty okay with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right uh and zach so,
0: how about you yeah. and and so yeah so my my stance on early access is i don't play them mm-hmm. like i i don't like playing games in early access because to me it feels like a gamble
3: mm-hmm.
0: it feels like <clears throat> i'm making a gamble with whether or not this game is going to be good Zach's so i'd rather like man. sit back wait watch. yeah hey, i'm not a gambling man um it, but I, I like to sit back wait watch see what happens if it's good, mm-hmm. then I'll buy it. If it's not, then I don't buy it. Mm. I I you know, I just like being careful with with the games that I buy and and again, like early access has this sort of hit or miss reputation and I'm just like, you know what? I don't have to do this. Yeah.
1: For for me it's a matter of the fact that I'm paying like, I, I would actually like to get your perspective on this, Adam, because you do QA, you know, mm. you 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 help, you know, take a product and make it improved over time. That's your paid occupation. Yeah. Um, And I feel like with early access, you're paying to do that job. And that, to me, like, it, that is immediately something that puts me in a position of, like, I feel like I'm being taken mm. advantage of. Like... I feel like that's bad for the product because you don't you don't have professionals who are actively looking for ways to improve a game in a way that's, you know, makes sense. And and I feel like like it just seems like something that, again, like I'm paying to do what you would otherwise pay someone else to do. So Mm -hmm. like and again, like some games, some games, it works. It absolutely works. Don't starve. I love and I love the way that they roll out features and, you know, take feedback from the community. And I think community involvement is very important. But on the other hand, like, I don't know, like, this is my money. Yeah. It, it's so time.
2: let me, let me try like cutting it down. Cause there's a couple points there. Uh, one, you were talking about how like, you know, basically early access is kind of like getting other people to do your QA mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And on the, on the one hand, if that is basically what it is, early access is you saying, Hey, if, if a person wants, you can pay right now and we will give you the build we have. So I think to the one point that you said of like you feel like you're kind of being used on in that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't particularly think that's fair because what because they have to be very like, well, they should be, and then there's some times where they're not as uh, they should be very upfront of like, this is an early build of the game. like mm-hmm. this is this is not finished, it's still through development. But if you'd like, you you can like buy a copy right now, and we will give you access to the early versions of that. Mm. So you know, again, that'll depend on how front the ones that the games that do that well are very front of like, hey, look, this game is gonna have bugs. This game may go through some iterations while you're playing it. Uh, but if you'd like, you can't. You can totally be uh you know able to play it right now. And there are some people who. Don't mind that that they're like you know I'm so into this game I want to play it right now I'm okay kind of uh, be, like forgiving some issues on it uh, I think the ones where where maybe like your point of feeling a bit uh, kind of used or lied to Drew mm-hmm. is more apparent in like when when they're almost kind of selling the early access as like oh this is the finished version kind of thing it's mm-hmm. like well no it's not if this is early access then you know. Basically, some people use early access as a way of saying, hey, we just want to put it out now and we haven't tested it. We're just, it's just going to be buggy, but buy it now kind of thing. Can, can I back a uh,
1: just a bit? Because you bring up a good point about, like, some for some people, the way they enjoy games is that interaction, that community. So, yeah. like, I guess from that perspective, it makes more sense. And, like, this goes back to yeah. me playing unfinished early mods where... I would be like, this is goofy and terrible. Someone should fix this. And someone could actively say, you should go fix this. And they would expect a response. And that was yeah. fun. That is interesting for me. So I I mean, I mean, guess it just depends I, on I th- how, for me, it would depend on how buggy the thing is from the get-go. Like, if I'm playing a straight up yeah. manga, like I have no business paying. If it's something that's gone through a few builds, I, I could see myself maybe throwing down and being a part of that whole iterative process. So, yeah. y- you're helping Swing. Well, you bring you're, up a... You're doing... You're, you're done you doing bring
2: work. up a... Uh, I, I'm doing I'm doing good job Swing. <laughs> you're doing good uh, your job. Well, I think you bring are up are a good point. Thanks. <laughs> well, you bring up a good point about, like, alphas and stuff like that. And this might be part of the... This isn't something directly related to early access. Oh, uh, well, maybe it is After now that I'm thinking about this. But the term alpha or beta as used in the game industry has kind of been uh, mis- used if that if i'm to be honest uh i think we we probably have talked about this i know we've definitely talked about this in person uh but when a game industry says hey this is a beta what what they're more often than not talking about is they're not it's not really a beta it's not an actual actual beta because it's so much further along what they're basically saying is hey this is a beta it's gonna have some bugs in it yeah and then you know like uh if you were to like pre-order like call of duty or something mm-hmm. you might okay. get access to the early multiplayer beta
1: okay and uh, that's re- kind of I, I just i'm saying uh, i remember that i know that i remember the earliest memory i have of that kind of thing would be halo 3 where they had a big right. open beta like a big open beta and it was just used to kind of hype the game up so yeah advertising kind of helps it too i guess but you know go on I'm c- but
2: uh, yeah and the thing i was saying is that um it's kind of unfair to say that this is a actual beta. That's more... This is more like a... To kind of put it in QA terms, this is really a release candidate kind of deal mm. where this is, you know, because a beta seems like... I think people would say like, oh, you know, this is just a like a buggy build. But it's like, no, oftentimes that's the, actually the build they're going to ship. And that's the one that's going to go out to the customer. Mm. They're just kind of doing stress tests on stuff to kind of gauge like how... The performance does so in one way it is a beta but the word like alpha and beta kind of give you this impression that it's further along where if like if you were to go like do de- development yourself an alpha is really really bare bones mm-hmm. like like i think drew and zach you guys can both say like when we did our 170 series when we had an out al- like we were to expect to have an alpha that alpha is like super bare bones yeah, yeah there's yeah. nothing on that thing uh and then, you, you, you know, we later move it into, like, a beta, which maybe has, like, all the groundworks there, but the final assets aren't done. Mm-hmm. Well, like, at a Call of Duty beta, like, multiplayer, that's all final assets. That's basically the final build of everything. Now they're just tweaking. Mm-hmm. So, it's a little disingenuous
0: to say that it's a beta. I mean... But, so, say again, so, so, would the other option just be calling it a delta and maybe not a delta but like i think that
1: would just confuse more people because delta tends to yeah. make a difference so I, th- I think if you called it a delta like i don't know well, i yeah. going
0: i was just trying to go with the next letter in the greek alphabet so. no like, like i totally <laughs> see what you're saying i, see, I don't I know see if that would go help. I... eventually i think we, for... we get to the
1: omega build and then we just release it but we, we might... oh well, that's that's your final build <laughs> that, that, that's, that's your omega that's omega build. the term we need yeah, we need to build. just call all those discs that are actually in our in our computers now those are omega builds until they get patched well, those, and then those are omega those are all plus. like
2: those are all what what's called going like a gold build like that's the one they're going to go out with mm-hmm. uh the point that i've kind of been trying to make here is that i think in because we've used so some people kind of get confused of like what actually is an alpha and what actually is a beta mm-hmm. so when you go on like steam early access which is where m- most of my uh, time with early access builds have been uh, you know some people say hey this is a beta it's like Wow, this is like, and again, a game developer say, "Hey, this is a beta," and what they mean is, as a dev, this is an actual beta. There's very like the guts are here, but there's very kind of little there. But a cus a customer might be thinking, "Oh, this is like a triple A beta where it's basically already done," and then they feel like, "Oh, hey, I I just kind of got jipped." So you you deal. think a lot of it has to so there's do with that the
1: misuse of terminology, like what what someone <laughs> who doesn't actually see how the sausage is made thinks thinks they're getting versus what they're actually getting or what they actually right. say they're looking
2: for. You basically said what I've been trying to say is like, yeah, a person who actually knows what, like what they're getting will kind of know what to expect. But some people who, who kind of tangentially have some idea of what they're getting might be very upset of like, this is way more bare bones than I thought I was getting uh. kind of deal. It'd be kind of like if hot, like I actually don't know if hollow Knight went through early access, I- Uh, but it'd be kind of be like, Hey, this is like an, this is an early access build of Hollow Knight and it's like alpha and when you and you might be expecting oh I'll get like maybe the full game or something with a couple bugs like no this is like a zone this is a test zone kind of deal that would be an actual alpha Huh. okay, uh, okay. So, so, so so that was to just address like how, how you were saying like people kind of getting used it's like it would really depend on how clear the developers are to their customers of like hey this is where the game is right now this is what you're getting are you sure you want to buy that? Okay, so kind of then deal. in
1: my case, if I if I may go into some examples of, like, why I am wary. Because the, the reasons I am yeah, go wary, for it. you know, Steam Greenlight will come up. The <laughs> the early access zombie, minecrafting-esque, here's a really great idea. We're just starting off from the beginning. Early access games are the ones that scare me, right? Ones that have, yeah. like, this is a really cool idea and we're slowly working towards it, but we need just a little money along the way. Like, it's easy to have a really good idea for a game it is so much harder to follow through and implement it and attempting to saying like oh we'll get there eventually this is what we have now so pay us up front and you're going to help us get to that point it uh, that's where it breaks down for me
2: yeah i i I totally agree one of the I, i have this list of like pros and cons of early access and one of the cons i have here is that uh how do i put this some developers often use early access as a way of getting principal funding, mm-hmm. like, for their game. Right. So, uh, and I think I think all three of us have some, like, uh, experience with, like, Kickstarter and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, a Kickstarter one, like, a lot of games that go on Kickstarter do often go into early access. but And I think those ones work a bit better because you already have Kickstarter... Where you've said, hey, we have this idea for a game. Who's in? And then everybody can get you your money so they have the money they need. And then if they release it on Early Access, it's kind of like you said, Drew. It's kind of just like, okay, we'll get some more additional funding in to kind of keep it going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are a lot of games on like Steam Early Access where they have no funding. This is basically a very, very, very bare bones like mm-hmm. proof of concept demo that they are now trying to sell as a alpha like a proof of concept demo would basically be i have this i have a couple zones they kind of work maybe uh and then it's exactly like you said of like hey we'll charge a lot because this is how we're getting our money mm-hmm. to fund like the developers and like yeah I, that doesn't work well, also because the, that the time that money's gonna dry up quick the
1: timeline of that is very important too right like some games are almost they'll be indefinitely in early access as like some kind of like oh we're getting there but you know, you pay at some point for something that's unfinished with the hope that someone will do it quickly, right? Like, yeah, some, a yeah. game, once it says it's in early access, there's no law. There's no law that says, oh, this will have to be done in X amount of months or years. So that's another thing that would freak me out. Or it tends to freak me out, right? It's like, when do you expect to deliver on the thing that you are promising me? Like I'm all about the delivery. That's that's the that's the disconnect for me, right? And it, I, yeah. again, I, I feel weird being the kind of middle road between like Zach being like yo fuck that and Adam being like yo it's totally valid. But like I don't know, that's kind of where I stand. Like I'm well, I'm, I'm back and don't forth. get me
2: entirely wrong. Uh, so like like I said, I'm pretty okay with like early access and concept. But even I actually don't do that many early access games. Uh, in fact, Darkest Dungeon as my like game that did really well. I was actually, when that came out to early access, myself a bit wary of it because it was on Kickstarter and I knew that it was going to be built mm-hmm. and then it showed up on early access and it was like, ah, oh, but like now it's there, but it's not done. Uh, so one of the reasons I personally don't, and I think Zach and I will probably have maybe like some like similar opinions on this one is like, I don't like playing game a game that doesn't feel like it's finished because i kind of want to play the full version and it feels weird uh playing it when it's not done and i think zach didn't you say something similar yeah to that like
0: i i don't want to buy a game unless i'm getting a game
2: mm-hmm. yeah that, that... like it can feel weird to be like go ahead Drew.
1: i was gonna say that's uh i i used to have a very crappy gaming laptop that like barely ran anything and if i wanted things to work i had a lot of work that had to be done to make them work and that's mm-hmm. that kind of pushed me back to consoles or wanting to use consoles because when I play a game, I don't want to, I don't want the fluff around it. And I think that same mentality is kind of, I think that, I think that's kind of like why, at least Zach, why you're saying like, you know, a game is a game. I want to play a game. That's kind of my stance. I, Sorry. Like
0: I, I mean, like I have friends who want me to play like Deadly Premonition, but in order to genuinely play that game, mm-hmm. you need to download and install like three different like you have to download and install a patch made by modders in order to get the game to work and i'm just like i don't know if i want to do all that work
1: so for some people that's the fun of it right like they're they're hacking together this ancient thing and they get something out of it that's just not why you play it and you know well deadly premonition is kind of cool like when i think about it i kind of i know tangential tangential
0: deadly premonition is a fun 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 (laughs) game and i do mean to go in there and add the mod to it and and, and get it to work and play through it, but it's just a matter of uh yeah it, it's just like quality right. of life
1: quality of life and happiness is what yeah it's, you been, that.
0: yeah it just yeah. means that like this is just an upfront investment and th- and I think with like early access it's just like your upfront investment is I bought the game and now I have to wait time until it works properly yeah, yeah.
2: that's kind of what I was saying uh so even though I have it as kind of like one of the the ch- like the really good way of doing darkest dungeon uh, of Kickstarter uh, blah, I have it a really good way of doing Early Access. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't play Darkest Dungeon when it was in Early Access because I kept running into the problem of this happening where it was like, okay, the build is out. Right now, there's a really good chunk of the game. All the basic components are in there, and it is now, uh, really, it's going to be about balancing, tweaking, and they will be adding additional stuff in. Mm -hmm. But every time I wanted to play that, it was always like I always got this feeling, It's like okay, but I'm not playing the finished version. Mm-hmm. So then when I go to play, I'd look at an update and it'd say uh and I got to say Red Hook, the, the developers of Darkest Dungeon, I cannot commend them enough for being like so like in depth, like embedded in the community as this game was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh and they were constantly putting up updates, but it was always like okay, I could play it right now, but if I wait a week or two, the new character will be out. Okay, maybe I'll wait and, you know, wait for it to be done. Okay, the character's out. Okay, I could play it, but if I wait a bit longer, this new update that rebalances a whole bunch of stuff is coming, so maybe I'll wait. Uh... My point is, is that I personally can sometimes stay away from uh, early access games because it feels weird that, like, A, I'm kind of buying into a... Uh, a game that's very unstable, like just so many things are changing about it, mm-hmm. and two, it's kind of like there's always that drip feed of like, oh, but I, I if I wait a little bit longer, I'll get this, and then that'll be the complete package. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, it's different now that I say it, it's like because like a game we all play is Overwatch, and that constantly goes through updates, but they're never they're never big like gameplay overhaul things. They do that. Like, like Darkest Dungeon occasionally enough. went through things.
1: Or sorry, I'm I'm just you got me talking about Overwatch, but let's talk about Darkest Dungeon. You're saying they did oh. do a giant overhaul that changed the way the game worked, or like
2: right? So like, it, like in Overwatch, they may change like okay, Tracer fires this fast, or Doomfist might do this kind of deal, right? Doomfist. Darkest Dungeon, when it was an early access, went through like okay, in this build, if you get max insanity, you'll get a uh you'll get a debuff and that'll just keep happening to the next patch being you hit max insanity now there's a random chance that character dies and is perma dead hmm. kind of deal hmm. Oof. okay so and like that second change turned out to be good but it was like wow that's a lot of changing between patches
1: hmm. so for that i guess it would depend on the type of game too because like i feel like an early access version of say like <laughs> Like, a very story-driven game would just never work. Like, like if I played an early access game version of, I guess, like, Dear Esther or Oxenfree, like, I, the story oh, would be kind of, like, ruined, wouldn't it? Like, like yeah. that's not something that I could actively do and then replay and replay and be like, oh, cool, they they changed the, the this thing. But I know exactly what's going to happen. And, and now I'm just reliving the same three chapters over and over and over again in some kind of, like... Horrible hellscape.
3: Bizarro,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Bizarro World Hell, I, but
1: Bizarro. Wor- well,
0: this kind, of,
1: this kind of hellscape. slightly
2: jumps ahead to our design of We're not going to that. I'm just gonna bring it up. it's like you guys both played Oxenfree, and you guys. I, I don't really think that game would work in early as an early access model at all. Nah. Kind of oh, deal. Oh yeah,
0: no, of course. I think any game where the story is paramount is gonna be really bad for early access, unless it's also got some like crazy weird mechanical system that they like mm-hmm. have is like a side game to it and that that's what most of early access for them is about well i think they did yeah. i think
1: they did release a version of it where you could just play around with a dialogue system so like i think they had an oh. early like an early i don't know if it was early access like you pay for it i think it was more like a beta testing thing and i think that might be the bigger disconnect yeah. is right like all games go through testing and iteration and like hey this this is broken hey this sucks hey we want this to be better um if you want you know download and give us some feedback Versus the yeah. the marketing technique of this is, as you said, Adam, a late beta, a, 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 a build that we want to release, but we have tweaks that we want to make and might make in the future. So buy it now and enjoy and just kind of have fun with the ride, right?
2: Yeah. Early access games, uh, games that do well in early access are really ones that can be like really quickly iterated on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oddly enough, are one type of game that does really good in early access are roguelikes yeah.
3: because hmm.
2: there's very little like roguelikes rely on a lot of asset reuse and stuff like that and it's very easy to like make a small change and get a bunch of stuff out of it because you know most roguelikes have like procedural stuff as, uh, as a yeah. lover L- of the them.
1: binding of isaac and all the craziness that has gone around that game i totally see what you're talking about Like...
2: Binding of Isaac would have done really good on early access. Well, I mean, you you could... I think it would... Like, because... Sorry, go ahead. All it would really need is to show up, let you play, like, maybe through a five-level section, but because, like, there's kind of that random element, there's that procedural element to it, any tweak they make completely redoes it, but there's just so much content there. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, yeah, Oxenfree? Oxenfree wouldn't work because, like, to, like, rebalance it, that doesn't really... I don't really see there are many iterations you can make on Oxenfree outside of the story, and that's just going to piss people off because, like, it yeah. seems like any change you make to a story. Well, I mean, but, like, with, but, with yeah.
1: there were multiple versions of Binding of Isaac. Like, there's different, like, DLC packs, <laughs> there's the Rebirth, there's the Afterbirth, and so, like, there's that, mo- some... well, no, there's that model where it's just we have a paid version, mm. and we have a new paid version, and then there's, quote, early access where you pay and then it's going to change and evolve over time. And from that perspective, yeah. it's almost cheaper to say like I pay once and just kind of see what happens versus like you're getting, you're almost paying for different bits of a build. So right. I feel like I prefer the the model where I'm just paying for new bits and new features. Like that to me mm. is more traditional. That to me feels safer.
2: Well, there's a couple early access games. Uh, actually, one of the one of the really really big champions of early access. It's probably Minecraft.
1: Yo. Uh, because
2: Minecraft Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> Minecraft you could buy super duper early like before it even came out and you could buy it and you bought it once at this one price. I did. But every time they did a new update, they'd up the price a little bit because once it was finished, it'd be at its full game price. Mm-hmm. But because you weren't paying for that, you weren't you weren't buying the full game. You were just paying like a portion of it. So I always thought that was a really cool way of doing early access where it's like Yeah okay, actually This is like halfway to being complete. You pay half the amount of what we were gonna charge for the full game. That's yeah you know, I what's, actually what's
1: interesting. I bought like, I bought like... my No go Zach, go.
0: Okay. Um <laughs> <sighs> So I bought uh minecraft for like half the price that ended up releasing it because i mm. got it because i bought it early on and i had a bunch of people and a bunch of friends who were all into it and they were like mm-hmm. dude you should totally buy this and i was like okay sure and so that i paid like eight bucks for it and i'm like and i was super happy with that because now i can just play it whenever like minecraft just has ended up being this like it is this early access game but again because i bought it fairly cheap and because i've just held on to it for so long essentially like it mm. really has paid off and I think that's 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 like the place where it can work, but it's it's gotta be like you have to be a good game already in early access before anybody's gonna buy the damn thing. Yeah, like, you have to have yeah. your paid
1: settled, That's what you need. You exactly. need to know what you are and know what variables you are tweaking in order to yeah. in order to actually like be something worth your time.
2: Well, to build off what I was saying, you know, not only does early access really shine on games that can be uh quickly iterated on like minecraft or roguelikes or stuff Mm -hmm. but the one the games that do well in early access are ones that like the principal development for the game is pretty much like the core game is done and you know they went through testing the ones that fail always seem like kind of like what i was saying before of like there could be a new patch that completely overhauls it early access is not for initial development of a game Mm -hmm. you should have the game basically in a state that yes this is our game now we need to polish and retool it to be to kind of like basically be like the best version of this but it is there kind mm-hmm. of deal like again darkest dungeon came out and you could already get a party together you could go on uh, quests into any of the areas they had available everything kind of worked uh i say kind of because there's always going to be little hiccups here and there mm-hmm. but it was never the case that they eventually said, "Hey guys, this is we're deciding to take this game in a brand new direction and it's completely not what you paid for." Kind of deal. Mm-hmm.
1: And if that it, it
2: basically if, yeah. if
1: that did happen, I I would be upset, right? Well,
2: then you feel you feel gypped, because that's that's not what I bought. Like if Darkest Dungeon went from this is an eldritch Lovecraftian like survival horror RPG with permadeath and it's like, "Nah," cooking simulator with the old gods Mm. i'd buy it twice because that is the game i want
1: see that actually that's another don't tell me is it locks in development if you take it too early like a lot of my favorite games then they started development they were going in completely different directions (laughs) and based off of feedback they changed a lot of things you know, to, to make the game maybe more accessible or like maybe work with the technology they had or work with a new idea that came out of the original development, uh, Devil mm. May Cry was originally a Resident Evil game. If, yeah, if that right, had started right. out like, as this is an early access Resident Evil game, we would have never gotten that spinoff because that entire project would have had to have been tightly confined to what people said they wanted and said they paid for. So I don't. I feel yeah, like it could it. actually hurt developers too, you know, because like then you're basically saying we need to stay down this path and we need to finish based off of how far we are. So right, yeah. and
2: that's kind of a saying of like the core game is not for initial development. That game, that core game has to be done, yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. So you know, I, before you start selling it, make sure you're like this is this is what we want to do. You have to have good vision for early access. I feel yeah,
1: and, and mm-hmm. you get. Like I I guess what it, I guess what it comes down to is I gotta trust the guy telling me to give them my money or to, uh, yeah what I just said actually makes yeah. sense <laughs> I wasn't sure for a second but yeah it comes down yeah. to trust and friendship and love maybe
3: hmm.
2: yeah and you kind of bring up a point that I, I had in my cons section and, and you brought it up earlier of some games just never never leave nope. early access yeah. and not only do they get stuck there the developers like straight up leave the project like. Mm-hmm. It, there's no more funding it can't go anywhere and it just it sits in early access I mean, the truth is like there are some uh, and it's exactly
1: companies the... that like straight up don't plan to finish right like they just want to they say yeah. oh this is early access that's why it's broken right now but give us your money and then they'll just kind of be like well that was fun uh we're continuing to work on it and then they they, they really won't and they don't and yeah
3: yeah,
2: yeah. it's like I, i'm fairly certain you both have some experience with this and i've kind of come to this conclusion of People will forgive a lot for a game that is cu- that isn't out yet, but is, like, still kind of coming. It's like, how do I put this? We've all faced, like, delays on some of our, f- our favorite games, yeah. right?
1: Yeah.
2: And it was like, that sucks, but it's like, alright, alright, just keep working on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and if you put your game in early, one, if you put it out too early, like Drew said, you get locked into it. But if you put it out to the early game, uh, game into early access too early, you also burn a lot of goodwill from your audience. Uh. Like even the people that have already bought in, like you can forgive. It's like, okay, it's in development. They're working on it. Okay. Okay. It's not in my head. I actually haven't paid anything yet, but once it's out, Mm -hmm. like, and people play it and it's a buggy mess, it's like, okay, this was, they clearly don't know what they're doing, hmm. or this isn't at all what I expect it to be, and people lose interest real quick, and then even if it does come out, people don't care that it came out. Dude, that, cause it, that is isn't All the hype was point. way ahead. That is an excellent point.
1: Like, like, if you release a bad game, and then you have a follow-up from the same studio, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe they've improved, maybe this one wasn't for me, but, like, I wouldn't have the amount of distrust for an early access game that tanked. Like, I feel yeah. like I would be way more, like, I would, write. I would likely write a company off way more because like, that's, again, yeah, it's, it, it's a tighter community involvement. And if you fail that community, it's much harder to come back from it.
2: Yeah. But like, like I said, uh, early access can be, can be, like I said, Red Hook Studios did this. I know the guys who did Don't Starve did this. It Early access can be such a good tool mm-hmm. for once you have that core game loop done, your game is basically there to basically say, hey guys, this is a, this is basically what we promised. Have at it. It can, one, be a great way for developers to get tons of feedback from like a bunch of people and hopefully they iterate on it. Uh, I can tell you from a QA perspective, mm-hmm. it's a real good way to make sure the final build isn't as buggy as it could have been mm-hmm. because... Like, it really sucks to buy a, like, full AAA game and, like, you know what we were talking about, Prey? Mm -hmm. Buy that new AAA Mm -hmm. game and there's a save bug in it. Uh, Whereas, uh, you know, hey, if you have, like, Early Access says, okay, we only have our team of, like, five QA testers. But we're in Early Access, so everyone's a QA tester. We have hundreds of testers. Mm. Hopefully they're writing... They're letting us know about issues. I I
1: think that's uh, that's that's a very good example where had they... Had they had an army of testers, they probably would have found the, the PC crashing bug. They probably would have found it yeah. before the reviewers did.
3: God, that well, sucks. That's not to that, say that sucks so that's hard. That's not to
2: say that, yeah, that's not to say they probably didn't know. They probably did know about it, but it was like, there's literally nothing we can do. Mm. It's too late to pull that build back. Mm. But if you had more, you might have caught it earlier. It's
1: very true. It's very true.
2: But that's, that's a thing of budget and stuff.
1: All right. yeah. so folks yeah. um we are we uh, are at the hour mark does anyone have any anything else they want to say maybe examples of good early access games examples of early access games that failed and you need to get that off your chest um and, uh, and I is... have a, i have a
0: couple oh i got one or two okay mr Go zach, for it, zach you, you i've been i've been silent most of this episode yeah <laughs> well Sorry. it um, kind of hurts
2: when it's like hey guys we're gonna talk about early access i don't do early access much yeah
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> like whoops um but yeah so uh there's two one i'm will go successful the non-successful mm-hmm. uh the first i haven't played this but i know many people who have and it is a game that i love watching on youtube a lot which is kerbal space program ah. ah yeah that was an early access game um shit is rad mm-hmm. if you don't know what kerbal space program is it is weird little alien dudes well okay you build spaceships and they're piloted by weird little alien dudes and it is just like this almost like almost perfect simulator for spaceships. Well, maybe not perfect, but it it is very accurate in terms of like mm-hmm. here's how far you can get up, here's how you exit atmosphere, here's how you you know here's some fundamental principles as to how to keep your ship from exploding. Um, and yeah, Kerbal space program. It it went on early access, and I think on early access they added a bunch of extra things that became part of the game and then it had its final release it did stay on early access for a long time if i remember correctly but it ended
2: up being a
1: really good game and you know sometimes sometimes
2: it does take a while but as long as they're updating pretty frequently it can be nice and i would say like kerbal space Uh,
1: program is a game that is kind of based off of like a lot of the fun comes from like goofy physics bullshit you can pull off so i think that's a game that if it's an early access and you find a bug it's almost like ha what the hell just happened like (laughs) like for me like at least based off uh, our mutual friend matt i believe is a big lover of the kerbal space program he is a big lover of it and i believe a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's kind of cute and adorable but also terrifying so i think yeah. you have those I... you can make you can make it last a little longer as far as not being done done
0: yeah yeah, yeah. like because because then a bunch of the bugs are just funny and goofy and you just send it to them um it's, it's a bit like goat sim in that way was goat mm. sim
1: early access
0: I don't know, I don't think so. I think I they did. just released Goat Sim.
2: Okay. No, that game was perfect to begin with. How could it why would it even go through early access?
0: <sighs> Perhaps, yes. Um The 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 bad one I want to talk about, and this is one I didn't even know about um until it got advertised to me when I was watching this show. So there's this there's this show that's made by Rooster Teeth called Ruby, R W B Y. Mm-hmm. Um It's basically like American made 3D anime girls fighting things with transforming weapons.
1: Super pretty. It's a very pretty show. I I find it pretty...
2: It's pretty fun to watch.
0: It's... It can be enjoyable to watch. I hate the plot pretty badly. I hate most (laughs) of the... I I hate the characters pretty badly. I like... It can be enjoyable to watch, but man, do I hate everything about it. No, it's just... It, it is the show I go to, and I'm like, you know what? I want to watch some garbage today. Oh, <laughs> Zach! But, uh, not I understand.
3: Really. Like, hey, you're not
0: on wrong. the flip side, the fight scenes are decent. They they can be good. They 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 range anywhere between like, man, you probably could have done better there. To Oh, that's was, that was pretty good that was good that
1: was good i think of ruby um, as like their fight scenes are like the redeeming quality. really good for making amvs on youtube and has a spin-off chibi show that is weirdly humorous and then the main show ain't my jam whatsoever
0: yeah okay so yeah the chibi show is is surprisingly good better than you'd expect um welcome to the ruby uh podcast <laughs> yeah <Ruby. laughs> welcome, welcome to the Ruby podcast and then like the main game has like good fight sorry the main game there is a game let's go to the game um so what is this early
2: access ruby game you tell me about it is this
0: game called ruby grim eclipse it is this sort of beat-em-up and i watched a review for it and that is like i thought about buying it because i was like hey look a beat-em-up and i know who those characters are maybe i'll buy it so i looked up a review for it and i just like watched gameplay of it and was just like oh no never mind this game is garbage (laughs) Um, but it's early access (laughs) so
1: it might not be garbage in the future. Just, it might not You're be, just waiting for it to blossom. You're waiting for it to mature into a beautiful, it, beautiful all right.
0: game. It, it was in early access a year ago, and when I checked on it just now, it is in early access right now.
3: Hmm.
2: Um, Let me be honest with you. That's still pretty short compared to a lot of other games that are still in early
0: access. I know, but <laughs> I don't know how long short? it's been there for. Um. Uh, yeah. So, oh God.
1: That should yeah, not so, be a short. That, like, an, a, a year of, hey, we're working on it,
2: well, hey man how long does most do most games take to develop the problem is is that when you go early access you kind of pull the clock like the veil back and it's like here is us working on it and it's like oh
1: yeah Boy, it just no, takes I, a while I, I am fully it aware. does I, it just goes back to the whole like 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 you said like we said earlier like you, you, you need to be pretty deep in development to even have a build that you're presenting to the public as a representation of what you're doing yeah uh, yeah i mean you're right i guess i shouldn't be shocked
0: yeah um I guess the last thing I have to say, not related to the game, I did want to say redeeming quality of... Oh, never mind. Keep going.
1: No, no. Well, what is one the thing I was going to say about your about
0: your example... Oh, it's got good music.
1: Oh, okay. Well, here you go. It does.
0: It's got pretty
2: fun music. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say about your example, Zach, is that sounds like a pretty good example of what I was talking about of, like, kind of burning goodwill yeah. too early by going into early access, because it's like, yeah. I'm about to buy this game. Then you see it's in early access. like, I don't know how long this has been here. And this already still looks a little rough. Mm. I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, I'll give a couple more examples. I have, I already have sung the praises of Darkest Dungeon as a good example of that. Nice. Uh, like I said, just always bunch of updates. The core game was there. It's now out. Uh, because the devs were so easy, always in tune with people. There's a ton of quality of life changes in there that weren't in the initial build. That just like. That the community itself asked for so that's really cool uh it's actually really cool because the community was very torn of like how difficult the game was because it's basically a roguelike with permadeath it's very hard to like try to beat these games and because the the devs were so in tune with the community they were actually able to make a bunch of different difficulty settings that most that like everybody seems pretty happy with so i thought it was cool
1: you're starting to sell me uh, on this another game,
2: good maybe. example very recent one it is still in early access but i highly recommend it what's it called uh dead cells
1: oh i heard about that it's
2: called dead cells Ooh. dead cells is a metroidvania roguelike game uh you know of course because it's roguelike it can really iterate through this the the developers seem to have taken a different approach where uh, Darkest Dungeon was like, we're gonna be just the rapid response team to any issue. Dead Cells seemed to have been like, okay, here's this one section of the game. This is gonna be the most polished and damn near like perfect thing you ever did play. Here you go. And we're gonna just keep adding more and developing more based on the feedback we get. But this is what we wanted to do. This is our this is our very like 100% polished version of the game, and it really does well. Hmm. Uh, like that. It's like a complete vertical slice of what the final game will be like.
1: Well, that that is a good. That is a happy story. That is a happy story in contrast to Zach's sad story. Yeah.
2: Now I've got my own sad stories. Oh no! Oh
1: no! What are your sad stories? One.
2: Do you guys know about a game called Daisy? I do. Yeah.
1: I do. I do. I do.
2: So Daisy started off as an Arma 3 mod, and it was this bit. It was personally i think th- i feel like it's the progenitor of this like zombie survival game that like like okay is so everywhere on steam
0: early access like we didn't talk about that but they're everywhere mm. yeah yeah they're mm. everywhere but uh i or crafting okay games. i do have to ask like, daisy's a good game isn't
3: it
2: ah the original arma 3 mod is a good one oh, that one worked oh, well dear because it was a mod it does come with all the weird oddities that come with Arma 3 and kind of stop like stifle development because it's a mod they can only work and drew's played with mods before so i'm sure he knows this at some point you're really only able to play within the confines of what the original base game lets you do Mm -hmm. kind of deal Mm -hmm.
1: it's it's the Uh, wow all this jumping feels very the same to half-life said every half-life mod ever wow crouch jumping (laughs) crouch jumping is just magically in every game ever now how did that happen system so
2: uh, daisy tried making a standalone version they wanted to build their own like take the what the mod was and make a complete standalone version and in fact and this is where this is where i said a year is short daisy was a steam early access launch title
3: what?
2: Steam early access steam oh, early boy. access launched in on march 20th of 2013.
1: Oh my gracious! This
2: game has been an early... This game has been in oh early no. access since early 2013. Oh that is too uh, I think much the Steam, time. I think the Steam page says December 2013. I read that off Wikipedia, what it was. And it was like, oh my god! How long... It. It's been like a thousand plus days? That's a, bit, and that's and a the bit
1: egregious.
2: Here's the best part. What's the best part? That game... That game isn't even as good as the mod so the Arma 3 mod was pretty fully featured, but was limited Mm. by the constraints of the original game, but it's still pretty good. Like every, all the features you might expect there, everything you kind of wanted is there. And the multiplayer, while it can be kind of sketchy at times is there. The standalone version is buggier than the original. Most of the features aren't there anymore. And boy, howdy, does it just, it likes doing weird stuff. It likes crashing a lot.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: Uh, now I, I can't say I own the game. I tried playing it on a on a friend's computer a while back, and then we, I was like, "Hey man, when's this coming out? This is pretty fun." And he's like, "Oh yeah, it should be coming out soon." He said in 2013. Mm. It's still in early access, by the way.
1: Ooh, that's it's not bueno. <laughs> so who that's
2: I forget who funny. said something? Zach. Zach is not a gambling man, and he's right. <laughs> early access is a gamble. You never know with early access because they could just fuck off like daisy's developer did he just fucked off and left the studio to start his own thing Wait, and left really? the original the standalone to it th- yeah he left oh, Lord. dean hall is the original creator of the mod and he apparently left to go do his own studio well, at that it's point, like at that point, but you dude you're finish. working on this
1: at that point you're done if the if the developer's gone then is it just everyone i think else he also around who's working on it or quote working on it or
2: I don't. I don't know. I know he took like. A, I think he took like a year off to go climb Mount Everest. It was like, good. It's like okay, him. but come back when you're done. Uh, and then the other game that's kind of a failure of of early access is uh, Godus. Do you know? Do you guys both know Peter Molyneux? Uh, oh yeah.
1: I know Listen, Peter Molyneux. and his man amazing Twitter handle Peter Molyneux, which is what Peter Molyneux <laughs> would do as hypothetical mm-hmm. game situations. Peter just,
0: Molyneux. Oh my god. That man tried to sell me on being best friends with a dog and it didn't fucking work.
1: What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Yeah, what?
0: Oh, was that Fables? That exactly.
1: was one He's of the talking... Fable
2: games, yes. Uh, Peter Molyneux is pretty famous in the game industry world for promising basically the stars and the moon and the sky and then when all of it's packaged up and handed to you, Drew, you've got a little paper star a orange that is kind of colored in like a moon Mm. and the sky is a piece of blue paper
1: now now to be fair to be fair he made the wonderful free to download game where i forget what it was called but it was the precursor to godis uh we will go into godis soon but if you remember adam there was the phone game that you could just tap you could just tap all day Uh, i
2: played curiosity
1: curiosity that's what it was called
2: i i i was one of the people sit i was one of the people that downloaded curiosity and sat there in Calc 19b tapping on blocks instead of learning derivatives. Uh, Because fuck that, I don't need to learn derivatives if I can become like the super president of what's ever inside the cube.
1: We didn't know what was inside. The entire trick of the game was keep tapping and then someone will get a secret prize that will change their life. And that secret prize was Adam?
2: The secret prize of Curiosity was actually being a part of the development of Godus. It is Zach, did you did we ever tell you this story? I, I feel- read about it in the I, I read a news article about it. Oh, uh, so this guy I can't remember his name. He made he was the one that tapped the final block of curiosity, and inside was a video of Peter Molyneux saying, "Hey, man, you're gonna be the new, the first god of Godus." And Godus it was a one of those god simulators where you're basically cultivating a society, but its big thing was that it was a persistent world, and so. In essence, each player is the god of their culture, and they're all kind of like fighting against each other or can work together. And it was this super, super ambitious game. And this guy was gonna be the first real god of Godus, and he'd get he'd actually get some profits from get what the game made. Hmm. As of this podcast, I still don't think he's actually received any money because Godus isn't out of early access yet. Oh, it is buggy is all get out uh i don't know how many people play it. it and it just suffers from that lack of vision and way too ambitious yeah thing we were talking about it's mm. super slow to update and it's like wow wow what's happening
1: yeah did like, i throw so my how money slow away update are yep. we talking here adam how slow are we talking like just just give me give me give me <sighs> some context
2: uh, okay i'm gonna open steam real quick I'm gonna check the Godus store page. Okay. So if you hear tippy tapping, that's my computer tipping and tapping.
1: Okay.
2: And let's see, let's see about this game. When did it update? Uh, oh, okay. Video video game. You're Steam. You're really pissing me off right now. Uh,
1: Steam, Steam,
2: Steam. Uh, view update history. The last update was.
1: <gasps> ah. Ah. Yes, Adam. Adam, what happened? So. Adam...
2: Uh, okay okay audience you can't see this nobody else can see this but I'm gonna give you a very special moment
3: mm-hmm.
2: I go to the Godus store page the last update was on June 28th 2016 okay the headline says Godus designer has left 22 cans oh. Peter Mul I, I uh, lead designer Conrad nazinski's nazinski has left the company no time frame for release.
1: Gas. Oh, Gas. Wow.
2: By the way, there is actually a spin-off game called GODUS Wars that is already here. I think we so, are hearing about that. I think yeah, I that's kind of a total failure on Godus's part. I so
1: see. I see.
2: I took a bunch of time bullshitting on GODUS. Drew, do you have any examples of uh early access you know, success and or failure? You know, um
1: <clears throat> excuse me. I am a player of a game called Don't Starve. Don't Starve was an early access game. And Mm -hmm. while it is no longer officially an early access, what it has done is it has rolled out DLC and has rolled out features for the game post launch. So there has been a, an example would be the multiplayer component Don't Starve Together was released. Uh, It's, it's something that Mm -hmm. you can buy, but if you already own Don't Starve, you get it for free. It's this kind of like spin-off game that's basically an extension of the original. So I I enjoy the concept of the game. It's this kind of like grim, dark survival 2D top-down thing. Um, lots of lots of funny humor, lots of strangely difficult beasts to survive. Uh, you know, you don't want to starve. Very Tim Burton. Say what?
2: Oh. Yeah, it's got a very Tim Burton kind of. vibe Oh to yeah, it. it's very Tim Burtony.
1: Yep. It's very Tim Burton-y. It's got nice nice little scratchy cartoon look to it quite like it but um it is a game who where the developers have worked very close with the community they have been very accommodating they have made a lot of updates a lot of tweaks um basically they're an example of company does early access knows what they are trying to make gets people on board delivers a product and then continues to work post being early access in a capacity that i rarely see so mm. I don't really have anything to say about it other outside of what we've already talked about. Other than I tip my hat to them because they are an example of it working, and I personally find that very rare. Uh, you know, the flip side. You know, I played a bunch of different mods in my day, and I don't know how far we want to count mods as early access because I think part of the part of what tips people off with early access is that you have to do that paying bit. Most mods yeah. don't have you pay for them, right? Like so, wait, them, did you? Yeah, what
0: what mod have you paid for?
1: Um, well, I mean, technically CS:GO is like the paid version of Counter Strike, right? Mm, yeah, there's, I
0: think so. I'm, well, I mean, there's Counter Strike. Okay. There's Counter Strike Source, and yeah. then there's Counter Strike Global Offensive.
1: There, there's, I, I guess, there's like a whole catalog there. Uh, 'm yeah. not sure I'm not really sure what you're asking are you asking like what mods have actually like gone through and had like a full completion or
0: well you were, you were talking about like having an experience and you were asking if mods were okay and I'm, I was just thinking like well we defined early access if we define early access as having to pay for it then what mod did you pay for in order to share this experience uh,
1: hmm I don't know I most mods I I've kind of played and not had to pay for them. And so it's just kind yeah. of watching it evolve. Yeah. So maybe that... Well, that's kind of a, Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I think that's kind of what Zach was saying, is that, like, the... I don't know if early access necessarily has to be paid, but I, I... mods are a little different in that... I, I think mods are... You kind of buy them as a component of a game you've already bought, whereas an early access game is, like, you need Like, this is an early version of the base game. Well, okay, but
1: if we go with the the Wikipedia article... It is a payment model. So if I have not exchanged any money, then I can't call it early access. So I'll just take all I will these say, I'll take all these like half-life mods, all these zombie panics and all these Minervas. And I'll keep just... wait wait
0: wait. Drew, Drew, don't throw them off the cliff. Don't throw them off a the cliff.
1: But, but 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 you're saying I can't keep. talk about yeah, it. Hold on, hold on to it.
0: Zach, hold, Zach, hold I'm, I'm holding very hold closely. I'm
1: holding very closely. Wait,
0: wait. Later on you save them, you save up all those mods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We can have a whole podcast
1: about mods. Yay! Well, I will... put it on the list. Okay, <laughs> Don't the list. that. Okay, on that uh,
2: I was actually going to say, uh, yeah. Drew, you're. Go ahead. Drew and Zach's conversation about paid mods kind of reminded me of, you know, Bethesda's still trying to do this whole business of a paid mod subscription. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're gonna hit the point with a early access paid mod? Like somebody's gonna basically say, "Oh, hey guys, here's my reskin of all of the weapons in Skyrim. It's early access because it's not done, though. Give me ten bucks." Oh God! Oh, you know. Oh god you know, why would you pay for this it.
1: i can see it not with skins but i can see it with like maybe quests right like early access quests um if you are planning to release it for 10 bucks yeah and you're saying hey here's an early version of it that you can pay for and help me debug now i think we're i think that could eventually happen
2: I yeah but well, like that's the thing of like what like <sighs> i was saying is like most mods you kind of get them and i i don't mod much and drew might have a different opinion on this is that I kind of get a sense that when you get a mod, you kind of don't really know like what state you're going to get in. It's kind of like, this is somebody's project that I have, uh, and there might be some kinks in it, so I'll have to work with that. But I kind of know that going in. Typically, and like, that's
1: the attitude you have to have.
2: But mods are always free. If it doesn't work, who cares? It's like, that yeah. ah, it didn't work, but I didn't like, lose anything. Exactly, now you like, have to pay mods, and it's going
0: to be early access. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. No, I, I do not want paid early access mods that sounds so bad
1: <laughs> guys guys th- i feel like this conversation is very mod heavy and also making everyone very sad and angry about paid mods can we yeah. can we should put we... it can we put it on the shelf for now and return to it with a mods episode yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. that makes sense uh, uh, yeah. uh, excellent. should we move
2: into our design club
1: i think we should move into our design club now um This week's design club is a little, it's a little iffy. Uh, Thinking of how to do early access as a design club was, I didn't really know what to do. So the idea this week um, is imagine some of your favorite games as they would be, had they been created in an early access environment. So. Okay.
0: Um, So. uh, May I start? Okay, go ahead. Um, What if Halo was in an early access environment?
1: okay so halo originally i will tell you i'll tell
0: you right now Mm -hmm. that handgun would not be as
2: legendarily powerful as it was as it is right now
1: we would definitely the halo
2: one hand pistol that can aim like a sniper rifle and i think like gets like headshot like just decimates people early access would have would have people would have bitched about
0: that way quicker. Oh yeah, yeah no, they would have been all over that.
1: It's true. It's true. Actually, uh, didn't Halo start off as an RTS and then became a first-person shooter? So how early are we early accessing? Like are wait, we early accessing to was the Was point? it? Was yeah, it originally an RTS? Yeah, it, or I'm pretty I sure didn't... it was. That's why we have Halo Wars, right? Like I Halo... I
2: really I I didn't know that. Yeah, You're blowing my that. mind here, Drew.
1: I... Holy crud. I mean, that, uh, I believe I believe that was the original idea. If if y'all aren't familiar with it, or if I'm mistaken, we can just pretend that we can. Someone can fact check me later. We'll just go with the Halo we got and assume an early early version that was always an FPS hmm. for some reason. But okay. I, am, I am fairly certain. I am I'm
2: fairly think. certain. But I feel like if Halo had gone through early access, uh, you know, the multiplayer probably would have been could have been. I know the multi the local multiplayer was always great, uh, and it it came out during a time when. Uh, no, I guess.
0: halo one came out on pc right uh Uh, it did eventually way
1: later it started off as an xbox title i was gonna
0: say yeah it was it was the killer app for xbox so i was gonna say i wonder if uh you know some like maybe the
2: multiplayer would have been better. Like the networking could have been better because it'd gone it had gone through like early access, like a like an actual beta or something like that. There, there yeah, might I have think been well the better the other thing is that... on the
1: multiplayer, which is what happened in two. Two did a lot of multiplayer stuff based off of Halo one.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's really true. Um, I wonder if uh, you know if Halo two uh, and I guess I'll send and like by extension three had gone through an early access thing. I wonder how many more did like different. Gameplay options and mode, you know, like you have the skulls and stuff like that. I wonder if they might have tweaked those. Uh, I wonder if they might have added more
0: options for map editors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 all sounds like early early access stuff that they would add in. Mm-hmm. Because it, that's kind of like once once the community
2: kind of gets their hands on it, the game's bit ba- like basically done. Mm-hmm. But if you get it in early access, it might be early enough that they could be like, oh, hey, you know, we should let you put elephants on. Every map, yeah. I think they oh boy, teach... elephants everywhere. Eh. Not the animal. I'm talking about the vehicle. Yeah, the vehicle.
1: I'm thinking of both. Just so you know, like yes, like I, someone would ask now, for a real elephant that you could drop, and so you would drop it. Uh,
2: i have a feeling most uh an early a, a game that, got, that would have got how would have been if it had gone through the early access period. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like most fighting games. Oh, Probably yeah. would have just gone through a whole bunch of different balance changes and gameplay changes. You might actually lose had some they gone characters through- that way. I could see that. Like, uh, I think had maybe if like Smash had gone through like early access, maybe we wouldn't have got as many of the clone characters. Well, you know, what's, like
1: what's interesting about uh, that is yeah. Smash, like, has kind of had this back and forth of, like, what the developers (sighs) want and what the community wants it to be, right? Like, Smash has become a, you know, it's like a tournament game. Like, people take it very seriously and, like, have all these very specific glitches and timings and, like, techniques that kind of came out of playing it for so long.
2: In fact, they're playing right now at Evo. Wow!
1: (gasps) But... evo's this this weekend nintendo didn't want that nintendo actively didn't like that and tried to push away from that for a while like they were like you know what we kind of want to have items we want this to be a fun experience like i I think there i think it was specifically the one on wii i don't know if that was brawl or was it
2: that was brawl Brawl. yeah i think brawl Brawl
1: specifically pulled away from like torny fighting for a bit i could be wrong i could be wrong but that's this that's what my memory tells me so no
0: i mean super smash brothers you does a lot of the same stuff. It, it it allows for turny fighting, but people still prefer melee. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, but I think what
2: Zach, uh, what Drew saying is that like, so melee became this very competitive game. Nintendo didn't really want that. So, or I actually have to be more specific. Sakurai, the developer, the lead developer, didn't really want that. And I feel like Brawl was like went in the opposite direction of just have fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Smash Wii U, I do feel it is more competitive than Brawl. Yeah. Uh, but because people are so stuck in Melee, like, they still prefer that, mm-hmm. Uh I can see the thing of, like, if Super Smash Brothers had gone through, like, an early access phase, it may have really clued in developers of, like, who actually wants to buy this? Is it, like, is the casual scene more likely to buy this, or is the competitive scene more likely to buy this? And that probably yeah. s- would have swung development, like, if it may be, like, if they saw, hey, the casual scene really is going to buy this way more than it may have swung even more casual like brawl did you know, yeah, but you're... it's like oh hey no the competitive scenes big it may have swung even more competitive and been like
1: so early like access... maybe we would have gotten more mole- melee early well you also audiences... have to take into consideration like sorry um early access ahead, audiences Drew? 10 from what i from what i think of i think of an early access audience as not a giant sample size of everyone but like the like the core <sighs> like more more into it fans right like people who are like already really tracking the game so i feel like it would probably swing way closer to the competitive side like the version of whatever smash brothers game we're talking about let's say melee for the sake of you know killing argument might have been even mm-hmm. more competitively focused we probably would have had more I... torny systems less items and we probably would have killed off a couple maps that people consider bullshit because like yeah you know, so that's fair
0: i i think like Mm. I think there was some there was a lot of design intention with Super Smash Brothers in that they wanted to be a casual game. The other thing is that I think they probably make way more money off of the casual market.
1: Oh, totally. And
0: so, like, I can imagine, like, like, I think that might be an issue with early access in that, like, since you're getting the like specialized people who are really into it, then if you're trying to draw to a crowd that's like not as a heavy investment, then your early access build is going to like almost like the feedback you get from early access is almost going to actively detriment you in what you're trying to release. Mm, yeah. That's a,
2: that's yeah. a good point. Like, yeah. Cause like, I think I entirely see what you're saying, Zach. Like you'd get all of like, the super hardcore fighting game fans and you might be like, okay, if I want to please them, I got to take this way, way more technical. But my goal was to hit the widest possible audience and they can't all do that. Mm-hmm. So all of my feedback seems a little useless and because i can't capitalize my feedback then the core team the core audience kind of gets really irked about that Mm. yeah exactly all right that's a that's a good example i like i like that thought of like what if like smash like fighting games or smash had been uh uh design club yeah exactly (laughs) what if fighting games had been designed instead of just magically born
0: from the aether (laughs) We well, I mean, sprung forth from it's, the Aether it's such and a good point. threw like, ourselves upon the world, where we then proceeded to beat the living shit out of each other. Let me ask you, uh, what do you think, because
2: we've all shown a great affinity for this game, mm-hmm. how would Bloodborne have changed had it had like a whole early access phase?
1: Ah, Bloodborne. I think if it had an early access phase, we would have gotten all of the people from Dark Souls who were a fan of the previous <laughs> games and the game would probably be a lot less fluid as a result, and we would have way more shields. I think shields would be a very important part of that game as a result. Oh, man.
0: That would would fucking ruin it. Yeah, you know what? Now that I just thought about that, uh, had
2: Bloodborne come out as an early access game, people would have just come off of Dark Souls 2, and Bloodborne was supposed to be the brand new hotness of, like, no, this is all aggressive play. There's no shield if you want to fight, you get in there. And I'm wondering, had a bunch of people come over and played that, they would have been like, no, 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 put defensive, you know, put the shields back in. It's like, no, nah, you might have lost your uh, aggressive edge I in think, Bloodborne. I, I think that's absolutely
1: yeah. what would have happened because again, like the kind of people who like buy in the early access, they they do their research on the company. They're fans of the company. I mean, I know, I know you guys liked Dark Souls a lot. I was kind of like iffy on it. I'm thinking of going back to it, but but I think part of what has brought me to it is the fact that bloodborne is a bit more fluid and a bit more of its own thing huh yeah what else would- you might like
2: you might like three three tried to like tread the line between bloodborne and dark souls where it is faster it is more aggressive but it does have the shield it does have like shields and stuff like that uh i actually wonder and maybe this might be this i personally think this might have been to the game's benefit If it had been early accessed and people could have given a lot more feedback on, Mm -hmm. I wonder how many more trick weapons we would have found. One, how many more trick weapons we would have gotten. Mm. Two, I wonder how much more
0: arcane we would have gotten. I think, Uh, oh yeah, we would have gotten way more arcane. The DLC was basically uh, sent out there to be like, guys, we're really sorry we gave you really (laughs) terrible arcane options. Well, that's the thing of like, Bloodborne... uh, Bloodborne has kind of a a unique thing
2: that that Dark Souls, especially Dark Souls 1, like, solved, is that uh, Dark Souls, there's so many places you can go, and not only are there so many places, there's such a variety of weapons and, uh, like, items to get immediately that you can, if I want to start any particular build, I can get right into it really early with varying levels of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Bloodborne, Bloodborne, because of the way the you get new weapons, like you have to find the weapon in the world. It's very and it can be kind of linear of how you progress through this world. Uh like the maps are very intertwined, but there is a very linear progression to them. Mm-hmm. It can be very hard to be like, I want to do an arcane build. Well guess what? The most basic arcane spell is in the DLC way the hell over there. Like just the regular shot thing. Like it's powerful yeah it maybe didn't need to be and maybe you could have gotten it earlier like when the old hunters came out i really wanted that that like uh the cosmic eye ability Mm. to be like very early so you could just get it and kick off an arcane build very quickly
1: i wonder how much is like you got to be leveled up in order to freaking use it though like it it...
2: well because you gotta you you gotta (laughs) beat ludwig to go get to the second area of the dlc to get the the eye it's like
1: Fuck Ludwig, Ludwig's, Ludwig's hard. Is so freaking hardcore. Like freaking. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so so I like, think.
0: Uh, yeah, d- I think I think early access would have been like, hey, make our arca- arcane builds fucking viable early game. Well, mm. not just uh, arcane. I think. Oh, uh, Early
2: access. Early access for Bloodborne might have added. Uh, one of the great strengths of Bloodborne is that unlike Dark Souls, which has like here's the short sword and then 50 other variants of the short sword, mm-hmm. Bloodborne has. Here's the one weapon that does the short sword thing, but it works. And, like, all of the weapons are very condensed, and but they're all useful. I kind of wonder if it had been early access, had we would have gotten a wider, like, more in-between weapons of, like, here's something in between the saw cleaver and... Uh, hunter axe kind of deal I
1: think something like that would be harder to pull off that's not something you can tweak as quickly right like like the trick weapons are legitimately well thought out and I think they were designed with a lot of purpose
2: and that's kind of what I'm saying is like all of the weapons in Bloodborne have like a lot of good thought and design put into them Mm -hmm. but I wonder had it been in early access if they might have tweaked how and when you get certain items to allow different builds to start up because like to do a blood tinge build, you really only have two weapons you're going for and they can be like in the middle of the game. You're not actually playing with the style you want to play with until like halfway through kind of deal.
1: And I personally I personally kind of like the fact that Bloodborne is so hardcore about like, okay, if you want to go down this route, like we're gonna make you pay for it. Uh, but yeah, it probably would it probably would have had the edges softened a little bit for the beginning of the game. So I, I can agree. Yeah. To, I can agree that that's probably what would have happened.
0: I think again, they also would have made many more paths viable mm. for what you could do in the early game. But yeah,
1: they probably would have made it yeah. less scary too. Oh, they're they're just gonna
2: casualize it like they always do. I bet my own grandma game. could be Bloodborne had it been an early access. Well, that's because oh, grandmas boy.
1: are the ones that that do the early access. Let's be let's be honest here. They listen, listen. All
2: well. right, no joke though. Mm-hmm. Those old ladies in the Hemwick Charnel Lane. They will fuck you up your first run through. Oh! oh I, they do a shocking amount of damage for no good reason. I think. Yeah, I they. Got there, I don't know why.
1: I think they, I got they just, there with like either Zach or Matt, like watching me, and I was just like, "Oh, I should probably not not do this, huh?" I don't know. There was someone. I there. don't want
2: to kill this old lady. Oh, the the old lady has
0: already killed me. Fuck. Yeah, old ladies are real fucking strong in that game
1: all right well, i was gonna say bloodborne but we've we've talked about bloodborne and we literally
0: just did that yeah
1: you know we've done we've done three games we're we're at an hour 40 i i think we've designed clubbed it up and talked a good chunk about early access games what do y'all say? i think
0: so yeah
1: i, I yeah I, I, no i'm we're chatting about it now I've, I've just got i've just got a pour out and i want to pour one out for oh right for goat simulator because i really like that game i think it's fucking hilarious so that's my pour out yeah all right i'm
0: gonna i've got some toast to make the first um i'm gonna i'm gonna do a toast well i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna pour one out for the winner of the of curiosity he was some random dude who didn't seem like he didn't seem to care all that much but he won anyways pour one out for him you know what zach it sounds like that guy he never saw it
2: coming oh my
0: god (laughs) but uh 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 although i do want to make a toast to nuclear throne which was a early access game that a couple of friends of mine really really enjoy they just like the game a bunch i haven't seen it at all but yeah uh and finally i want to make a toast to my hacker name z tank yeah Uh,
1: z tank uh,
0: z tank oh wait drew what was your hacker name i
1: don't have one um i will be my hacker name will be my hacker name will be crimson can it crimson? oh i
2: wanted to be drutality like drutality, Brutality! Ooh. But with Dr-
1: drutality is my hacker name
2: yeah yeah i like it so watch out world you've got drutality z tank and coke pants <laughs> to wait, you.
1: wait 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 yes. i, I want to be drutality <laughs> overload
2: all right yeah that makes more sense all right. Uh, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna have a a toast to the movie Hackers,
0: yes. and kind of just the '90s in general. Oh wow! I'm wait, wait. If that's... we're if we're coast if we're toasting the '90s, I am giving a toast to Jet Set Radio Future. Man, no, I wasn't. I wasn't toasting the '90s. It's like, oh, dude, Hackers was really '90s. <laughs> no, but I like the same exact vibe for Jet Set Radio Future.
2: Yeah. Uh, do I have a pour out? Not particular. I'm gonna pour one out for myself. I hurt my leg and everything. Oh, oh, I no, I hurt everywhere. I'm
1: pouring out oh, for no. you. I pour out. For- I hope yeah. you feel better. I hope you feel better.
2: Uh, but right. yeah, that's, that's basically all I got.
1: All right, well then.
2: Uh... You know what I? But I, you know what I do need what to do help need? my leg feel better. What do you need? Uh, what do you need? I need a lesson of the day.
0: Oh well, all right then. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is. Yelling at the monster will not slay it, but that sword in your hand most definitely will. And that's the lesson of the day, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for well, thanks for listening. At, I am so glad
1: I know that. I was going to talk him down and use my words to make him stop attacking me, and now I realize that my sword will do the job just fine.
0: But what if you're the Dovahkiin?
1: Well, then I will just oh. yell at him really, really loudly and go, rah, bah, bah, bah.
0: Yeah, just, just ignore my advice in that case.
1: Just
2: <laughs> For everyone else, listen to the advice. If you are Dovahkiin, uh, forget what we're saying. Don't listen to us. Zach's yeah, lessons yeah, exactly. are not for uh, Oh, I have one more toast. What's your toast? I have a toast Toast to Doomfist. He's a coming. Oh, Doomfist.
1: Doomfist.
2: He's a coming, guys.
1: All right. Okay, uh,
2: okay folks. But, Drew, did we, did we have any... Uh announcements or are we just going to say what next week's i was going to
1: say i was going to say next week listeners we will be going over roguelikes so be ready for that um if you want to give us some questions or some you know heads up about what you'd like us to talk about on roguelikes you can reach us at team at gmail.com that's team n-i-t-w-i-c at gmail.com uh you can listen to us on itunes on yeah the stitcher on um, the pod bay you know that kind of thing uh the music this week is by the majestic pro leader as always and uh you know if you like us word of mouth is always great feel free to let people know uh thank you for listening and that is all i got i hope you have a lovely beautiful
0: goodbye. goodbye goodbye later coke pants signing out uh. z tank logging off
1: as the brutality override peace i'm i'm done B- goodbye <laughs>